Are you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness? Dogs and Deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware including t-shirts, hoodies, cushion covers, mugs, plus much more. Head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. Or check out the link in the podcast notes. Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything canine and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and people. And welcome back to another episode of Dogs and Deadlifts podcast. Um, today we have uh, Nick Venerom from uh, uh, all the way from Belgium and uh, dog runner uh, treadmills. Welcome, Nick. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for inviting for this uh, podcast. Yeah, look, it's uh, super exciting uh, to to have you on and to obviously talk about yourself um, and uh, obviously the the business in uh, in dog runner as well. So. Um, Let's let's jump straight in for the listeners, if that's okay. Um, that if they have, are not familiar with you in particular, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background, especially IGP um, as a competitor, but also a, a handler as well, a helper as well. Sorry. Yeah, sure. Um, I think like when I was like a small kid, I was always really interested and passionate about dogs. Um, unfortunately, my parents didn't have any dogs, so it took me about 11 to 12 years to convince them to get me a dog yeah um but finally they did give in and the only condition they had when i was getting a dog was that i should go to a training club and train with the dog so they were sure that i would take care of the dog and take my responsibility for the dog Mm -hmm. so i did and my first dog was basically a a labrador and i started in the obedience program Um, when i was almost 12 years old so i was like really small when i got started um, and this wasn't the most easy dog as he was a bit like dog aggressive, but, um, finally we kind of managed. And then on a certain moment, I felt like, okay, I want to do more than just this one training on the club. Mm-hmm. So I started to train more and more by myself at home or in the, on a field nearby my house. Um, and then all of a sudden it, I kind of start to do a little bit my own thing. Um, not just following the instructor, his um, opinion but also tried a little bit like how I did feel myself um, and that turned out well because when I was like I think probably the age of 14 15 all the people in the club started to ask me like hey can you help me with a problem instead of I was just small kids helping all the adult people which was like kind of a special feeling but it was fun um, and I think there I started probably a little bit thinking my own way about how do I train a dog or how do I feel I should do it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then when I was about 15 years old, I, I kind of got the interest in the IGP. Um, mm-hmm. And then I convinced my parents to get me a second dog, which was my first Rottweiler. Yeah. Um, and then I started the IGP. Um, and even before I got this dog, the people in the IGP group asked me like, oh, can you come and can you help us out with obedience? So we can learn a bit from you. So I started to go and help them. And then I started myself with the puppy. And he did, was a really nice dog. Um, we did a lot of competitions, made really good results. Um, I took him to World Championship, I think, two times because those days World Championship Rottweilers was only held uh, only uh, every three years. So it took, yeah, you didn't have much chance to go with the dog. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I did trial with him in, in all breed competitions on the qualification trials for. Uh, world championship and even there with it really good with him so it was a super cool dog and then i got really into it um and then after that i kind of trialed with another rottweiler on the world championship one more time and then i kind of changed the breed um basically i'm not a breed person i i like a good dog and when i see a good dog i will enjoy it It doesn't matter for me if it's a malinois german shepherd rottweiler doberman I just like every good working dog. Um, so then I changed the breed and I got myself a Malinois, which was not the most easy one. Um, I think we made play, place five on, on the Belgian championship. Um, but finally, I kind of decided that he was not the best sport dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the f- police in Finland was really interested in him and they finally got him for me. Um, and then after that dog, I got my second Malinois, which was probably one of my most special dogs in a certain way. That yep. was dog. Um, and with him, I got Belgian champion a few times, vice Belgian champion, and we qualified three times for world championship. So he was a really cool dog. He was like not an easy dog, uh, not the best sport dog, but yeah, still like we made super results with him. Yeah. And with his son, York, um, we did really well. I took him eight times to world championship. We were several times Belgian champion, vice Belgian champion. Um, so that was probably my best sport dog in a certain way. Um, yeah. And then after York, I got um, got in contact with people with the Doberman. And they asked me, mm-hmm. oh, like a week before the, the Belgian championship, they asked, oh, can you trial him on the Belgian championship? I said, like, holy, like, I still have like one week to go. <laughs> yeah, but you know him. And I didn't know the dog because I, I, help, I helped the people with him uh, in protection work. So I kind of did know the dog a little bit. Yeah. So I said, yeah, okay, uh, I, I want to give it a try. So I took him. And then the week after, I trialed him in Belgian championship. And we did win the Belgian championship. Um, and with him, I did. Um, I went to World Championship as well, um, and did win several qualification trials for all breeds, which was kind of cool because it's normally always when you go to the big competition, it's mostly okay. It's a Malinois or German Shepherd who is going to be the top. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, it was like, oh, you're here with just Doberman. Um, but then after a while, it was kind of cool to, to, to see the people like, oh, shit, he's here with the Doberman. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, so and now, yeah, with Corona, everything kind of stopped. So now everything is a little bit cooling down. Um, but yeah. that's in a short story a little bit. Yeah. yeah. My, 
and it's, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that but you know um you know holy shit this guy's here with a doberman and holy shit it, it works well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> um and obviously you know about your story you know some people i know are you know they're malinois guys or the german shepherd guys or you know they're doberman people you know and um it's a it's awesome that um you know in your experience you as you mentioned are not um you know not one of those guys and also taken a number of breeds with uh, obviously different traits and uh, um you know two world championships etc you know so um it also yeah. mm, so fantastic for yeah. sure mm. um so i just wanted to uh, obviously we wanted to to chat today um you know you obviously uh, have a lot of uh, skills and, and and knowledge and uh, like i said i thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing um can you tell us a little bit about uh, dog runner how how did that sort of all come, come about um it's a little bit like like almost like a story it's uh, um a general friend that i had um kind of told me like i have a friend who is um he's a, like the owner of a big fitness shop yeah and he's also having his own fitness equipment um and he started a little bit for fun as a side um yeah side part mm-hmm. he kind of made a treadmill for dogs but he said like yeah he's not really into dogs so he doesn't really know what the dogs need so he kind of made something but maybe if you can get in contact with him you guys can do something together so i kind of got in contact with with that guy which is now my partner in, in the business which is nicholas yeah um and we kind of start talking and and i kind of took one of the treadmills home and then when i got home i, I I called him. I said, like, okay, this is something that you should change because this is not really working for the dog. So this is something we should improve. Mm-hmm. And step by step, we started to improve um, the dog runner treadmill um, until we kind of got to the first one that we thought, like, okay, this is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I think the, the good part is that um, we have now both sides in the company, which is like Nicholas is um, the person who has all the knowledge and the experience from the technical side so he will know exactly what motor do we need and what material do we need and how do we build good uh, yeah. treadmill mm-hmm. and on the other side there is me who's having probably a little bit the experience with dogs and thinking like what is important for the dogs what do they need mm-hmm. um and the people out there um to kind of show them the, the treadmills um yeah so step by step, we start working on, on better models. And I think now we are really to the point that the new treadmills we did have, we, we have now are like, for me, probably super like they're, they are like super quality. Um, they have everything you need and they're still in a good price range. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit like a nice story starting from almost from zero to finally where we're now and that's really cool for us to see yeah yeah and doing some and obviously doing some great stuff some some new models some you know branching out which we'll talk about um a little bit later as well um but i suppose you know the other thing um you know in your experience um you know how have the uh how how were the treadmills initially received and how are they today being received (laughs) you know um you know uh, I, I think that the, the typical thing for Belgium is that when it comes to this kind of stuff, Belgium is always kind of behind, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you a small example, yeah. 
I did like seminars 20 years ago in Finland. And when I went to Finland, people asked me like, okay, what do you guys do with your dog? Like, do you go to physio? Do you do laser therapy? Do you, yeah, aqua therapy, mm-hmm. whatever. And, and I was like, you know, basically what we do is we put the dog in the car, we take him out, we train, we put him in the car, we go home, put him in the kennel. And that was really how it was that long ago. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, but if you go to physio, then we have, we have to do laser and we have this. And they had so many more things. And I was really like, that's really not known in, in Belgium. So it only, it really took us a long time in Belgium to kind of catch up. And it still feels like we're always behind when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, but I think the good thing is for sure that now when I talk about Belgium is that more and more people start to realize how important it is to, for example, do a good warm up and do some extra exercise as dog fitness or mm-hmm. treadmill or whatever to kind of protect your dog or to make him better or to make you know, to work on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's changing. And, and that way, I think it's a good thing for the dogs in the sports or even in general that we, we get the knowledge more or we understand more that it's something necessary not just like yeah maybe if i have the time or if i feel like it on a certain moment so yeah. i think it's changing and, and it's changing in a positive way for the dogs for sure yeah i was i had a, a guest on a couple of weeks ago and uh he was he sort of compared it to um you know the dog fitness and conditioning um to almost being 30 years behind the human fitness and conditioning you know so many people um you know whether they're uh, a young athlete or a elderly person we we are encouraging them to uh do a some form of uh fitness whether that be a a cardio-based program or you know to lift to lift weights etc um and, uh, you know, obviously that's one of my passions here in, um, with the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast is to encourage people um, out there uh, with their dogs to start uh, thinking about that and potentially implementing some strategies around that, um, you know, and if we look at... <clears throat> IGP, for instance, you know, uh, strength, cardio, um, they should, you know, be part of your, uh, your weekly program um, for sure. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's something that I, like I say, like before I was also not really, um, I didn't have the knowledge or I really didn't think about it. But then when I start thinking about it, you realize how important it is and how I do it kind of a lot with my own dogs. And now I compare it many times to people when they say like, yeah, but why would it be important for my dog to run on a treadmill while, while I want to do, for example, the IGP? And then I always kind of make the, kind of tell them look when you have like a formula one driver why the hell is he doing fitness because he's only sitting in a seat holding a steer it's the same like but they Mm -hmm. need it they need to build up their muscles and their endurance so it's the same for our dogs and Mm -hmm. when you do it with the dog he will be so much better protected because the muscles will protect his body and basically every intensive dog sport is kind of hard on, on the dog's body so they need extra strength in there um and for me, I think for me, one of the most important parts of training on a treadmill is for me basically because it's super safe. Um, I compare like I have many times people say like, oh, well, I, I will take my bike and I will go with my dog and I'm taking for a run on the bike. And then I say, uh, yeah, OK, you can do that. But so many clients we have now are people, they will come to the shop and they say like, I used to do this with my dog, but 
the dog got in front of my bike. I, I, we had an accident. I did break my arm or my dog got injured and I had to go to the veterinary. We were out of training for a long time. Mm-hmm. So many unsafe things about doing it just like that or like, yeah, okay, I go throw, throw, throw some balls. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. And then after that as well, yeah, my dog did tear up his ligaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so, the injuries that, uh, you know, are out there potentially are, are crazy, aren't they? You know, just by yeah. by, by throwing a ball and the, the ball bouncing the wrong way and, uh, you know, yeah. the sharp movement, there goes, like I said, a ligament, a neck, a shoulder injury, uh, and therefore there goes potentially your season um, or trials. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah or, or even his, his lifetime. Like mm-hmm. if you're unlucky there, mm-hmm. they got a serious injury and, and you can never fix it. So, I think that's probably for me one of the the biggest reasons why I like to to do my trainings on the treadmill is because then I know like no matter what conditions, mm-hmm. it's always safe and I'm always in control. Like I can always control myself and say like this is what I want to do today and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side as well, I think these days it's also like a little bit time wise. I think we have to be honest. Most mm-hmm. of us are getting more and more busy. Like you have a family. You have a job to do. You have so many things to do. If I want to go and take my dog for a bike ride, then it probably take me an hour. Like I have to change my clothes. I have to take my bike. I have to go to the place where I can bike with my dog. Yeah. When he's dirty, I have to come back, clean the dog, clean myself, take a shower, change my clothes. It takes me forever. Now with the treadmill, when I have like 20 minutes time between two meetings or whatever, I just take and put him on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah the super... Per, um, exercise and he is happy and I'm happy so I think for me there's so many pros on, on using the treadmill that yeah 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 and also you know with all weather conditions I was I was uh, I think I'm seeing something on Facebook in regards to us you know um, yeah. snow, it was snowing outside so yeah. <laughs> so I decided exactly like Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when you go out and it's really snowing and slippery, for example, again, mm-hmm. you go to the point that you can get injuries. On yeah. the other side, it's the same when it's summertime and it's really hot outside and the sun is burning outside. You don't want to take your dog out, run him on, on, on surface, which is really hot mm-hmm. or like even the air is too hot. So then you put him somewhere in a cool room and you put him on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And you can exercise your dog and he still had his exercise for that day and, and he's feeling good about it instead of taking the risk to get some more injuries. Yep. So there's so many pros on, on, on working with treadmills. Um, for sure. And, 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 and the dogs like it. For sure. Um, and, and just on that, so, you know, I had someone come to me uh, about a month ago and they were doing, um, you know, that if, they, if you planned out a seven, seven days, they were doing, um, you know, obedience uh twice a week they were doing tracking twice a week and they were doing protection twice a week and i'm and mm-hmm. they were like holy where do where do i fit in um mm-hmm. my my conditioning or my my strength work you know um as well so yeah. we we had to obviously uh, have a look at their their program and say all right we can fit it in um like you said on a treadmill in in this you know in this gap in your life <laughs> you know yeah. um you know because they're like oh it's just another thing to add on to my, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into my training week, but where do I fit it in? Yeah, it's, it's, it is exactly like that. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think the nice thing about the treadmill is a little bit, like I say, like, even if you would put your dog every morning, like 15 minutes on a treadmill and, and, and do some training on a treadmill it's 15 minutes. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not going to change your sleep time <laughs> so much. You just have to get up 15 minutes earlier. 
but it's going to make a huge difference over time to use those 15 minutes. And when you do it on the treadmill, you don't need to change clothes. You don't need to go out with your dog. And if, you, you can do a lot on a short, short time if, if you want to, um, which is for me one of the big problems these days with many people is like we all are so busy with with so many other things and with our trainings it's it's exactly like that you come home from work you have to go for trekking you have to rush to get on the trekking field mm -hmm. get back home take care of the family so when are you gonna do it so yeah for me it's, it's absolutely like okay even in the morning like when i when i kind of plan my schedule sometimes it will be like that that i get up a little bit early and put them on the treadmill and at least they had their training in the morning and then I will go for tracking obedience or protection work in the evening. And, but yeah, you can do so much more on, on a short time uh, when you do it properly. And also, you know, we, we spoke a bit about this over the last couple of uh, um, weeks about uh, having a plan as well. You know, we talked about having a light, medium and heavy, heavy type uh, uh, day in regards to, um, you know, having a bit of a program, etc. as well, you know, so um, a, a bit of a clear direction in what you, I suppose, want to achieve, but also um, we're not going to just get on the treadmill and get uh, your dog to go flat out for 15 or 20 yeah. minutes, you know. So uh, do, you, do you have a, a, a sort of program that you like to to uh to six two oh I, I i for me the hardest thing is always like so many people ask me like oh mm -hmm. what program should i follow and mm -hmm. basically i i always tell people like i i can't tell you what program to follow when i don't know your dog because it's so depending from dog to dog like and the problem is sometimes with people when you tell them okay like today you have to go like five minutes on this speed and, and five minutes on that speed, they will just do it. Even the dog is not feeling good about it that moment. And they will kind of push the dog and get like a negative training basically at the end. Mm -hmm. Oh, when, when you feel that your dog is able to do much more that day, or you want to do much more then you should do it as well. So yeah. I think it's really hard to really say like, this is a good program. And mm -hmm. I think for me personal, I kind of use my feeling mostly when I'm standing with my dog and then I feel like, okay, if, what is my plan today? And then, for example, if, if I want to work on endurance and think like today I want to give him a run on a nice speed um, for a certain time, then I will watch him constantly and feel like, oh, he's kind of doing pretty well. We can push a little bit more. So then I will kind of change the speed a little bit. But when I feel like he's not feeling super today, instead of doing it 30 minutes as I planned, maybe I will stop after 20 minutes and say like, okay, this was good enough for today. Yep. Um, so I think I always tell people common sense is already like a big part when you do it. And of course there are guidelines when people who have the experience and professionals, they can tell you like, if you want to work on certain points this is how you should do it mm -hmm. but still in the end i think most important for me is that people yeah, kind of analyze the dog when they're doing the exercise mm -hmm. that's also one of the reasons why so many people ask us like oh can can you put um programs in the display mm -hmm. on the treadmill <laughs> and i'm so scared of it because i'm pretty sure many people will put the dog on the treadmill say like okay today's program four and the dog just has to do it Yep. no matter how the dog is feeling that day and when we think about humans when, when we run on the treadmill it's the same you can put a program on the, on the treadmill and run that program yourself mm -hmm. and one day you will feel like oh now the speed is going up to that and, and it, i'm not feeling super today so it's not nice anymore 
-hmm. And other days you feel like, oh, now the speed is going up to that part side, but I feel like doing more because I'm having like a really good day today. Yeah. So it's not nice to run programs myself as, as a human. So I kind of feel a bit the same for my dog. So yeah. I think people should really watch their dog when they do it and analyze what the dog is showing and telling them. And mm -hmm. for sure, they should follow guidelines like um and take the time to build it up um so not like oh we got a treadmill we put the dog on and oh we make him run for five, 45 minutes today and see how he will do tomorrow um <laughs> yep no I, I like you know i really like that and i, I like the fact that um you know you, obviously you know you you need to know your own dog you know and you need to know the dogs that you're putting on there and and you know based on uh, what you're seeing is how you uh, adapt to that training session we do that with obedience we do that with everything else so mm -hmm. why so why yeah, not um exactly. uh, use that um in our our fitness program as well yeah um it's exactly the same like mm -hmm. yeah for sure um, i wanted to ask you um how do you this is, this may be uh, a little bit random but we'll talk, I was talking to someone about it the other day um you know I'm there's I can't find a lot of information out there at the moment but uh, on uh, obviously nasal breathing and, and increasing the uh, the dog's uh, cardio output based on obviously nasal breathing and using the diaphragm do you like to do some obviously uh, work around uh, having something in the dog's mouth and they're using the whilst they're on the mill um you know, uh, to increase that uh, diaphragmic um, breathing? Um, I don't have much experience with it. Um, yeah. So it's really hard for me to, to give a real opinion about it. Like personal, I can't say that I'm a fan of it, mm -hmm. but I also can't say that I don't think it's useful. Um, mm -hmm. I don't do it myself. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel when I put my dog on the treadmill, um i think i want him to be focused on on what he's doing which is like the running part yeah but for sure there are i'm sure there are many dogs out there who will who might even feel more relaxed when they have something in their mouth and when they hold mm -hmm. it they mm -hmm. it's a super exercise for them so it's um yeah I, again i think also there it's it's a little bit depending on your dog like when when the dog is from nature holding something full and steady in his mouth and he's feeling good about it and he's running properly and he's using the nose like super training mm -hmm. but i the worry is for me that if you would tell people like hey that's good training they're gonna force the dog to hold something in their mouth and then they're gonna put pressure and of course when the dog is making pressure he is gonna yeah he's not gonna feel relaxed about it so he wants to spit it out and and so it's yeah. it's yeah um but it makes sense to me to do like when i mm -hmm. when you think about it, it for sure it makes sense to do mm -hmm. um i only think then you also have to kind of wonder or worry like how far do i push my dog because how much oxygen can they take in or air can they take in when they only use air yeah um Look, I think it's super exciting, but it's so unknown, you know, and there's no scientific yeah. evidence. There's, there's, you know, we don't know, right? But, um, you know, I just find it very interesting, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I've, I've studied it quite a lot in, um, in humans, you know, and uh, um, so that's, that's the reason I asked is, look, I don't know. And I just thought I'd, I'd get your opinion on it as well. But, yeah. you know, there's lots of variables around that, of course, you know, the, the dog and obviously, you know, um, you know lots of lots of variables but yeah i just thought i'd ask that um in your opinion mm. no i i think it's for me it's a little bit the same it's, it's mm. like 
not really known if it's if, is it making the dog better or not is it gonna mm. because some people say yeah that way they hold their grip better for example when you go yes. to the igp sport they say like yeah but then they, they learn how to breathe through the nose and the grip mm. will be better mm-hmm. i don't know um basically when, when you look at the program in igp the longest time that the dog has to hold his breath in the igp sport is probably i don't know like a few seconds almost like it's not that mm. they have to hold on for five minutes to hold their breath um, or the grip yeah so i really don't know if it if it's really affecting the grip and the fact they have to breathe through the nose that will kind of change their grip yeah. um yeah it's it, i don't know i really yeah. don't know i think most most important for me would be mm-hmm. how is my dog feeling when i do it if for he's sure. feeling good about it and he's doing it sure why not it's you can only win when you do it mm-hmm. um but I wouldn't force my dog or, or try to make him do it because I think it might change something in his grip. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. And look, I, I agree. I just was, you know, like I said, I just wanted to get your opinion on it. I think it's, I think it's quite fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much, mm-hmm. um, there's so much right now we still don't know about, uh, um, you know, like I've, I'm super interested and I've talked to another guest about, uh, you know, monitoring their heart rates as well, you know? So, uh, when they're on the, yeah. when they're on the, when they're on the treadmill, you know, can we monitor their heart rates to know what, you know, uh, how they're tracking and what their, um, you know, exertion levels are based on a heart rate. Um, it's still very, very early days. And I've only seen a couple of, uh, um, models of, of people doing that as well, you know, but, um, I just, it's, um, hmm? it's, it's something we are really, have been thinking about like mm. how can we kind of get that part into the dog runner treadmills as well um yeah. because for sure it's super interesting to know and and it's probably the best way if you want to train your dog is when you can follow the heartbeat the, mm-hmm. the biggest problem is actually it's not so easy to monitor the heartbeat of a dog Mm-hmm. And and that's a bit where we get stuck is like how can you make something that you can really keep on following it. Um, so yeah, or un- unless you kind of cut the hair and and you you kind of glue the parts on on the dog's chest, but. I don't think many people feel like, oh, I want to come for a training, so just <laughs> shave my dog and just heartbeat. So it's. Uh, <laughs> That's, but right. that's probably the most interesting thing and, and, and <laughs> most interesting part about that is that dog runner is working together with um, the university and in, in, in Liège in Belgium mm-hmm. and they are doing research about it and they are using the dog runner treadmills for that research fantastic for the heartbeat and and to see how it affects the dog and how they can build up better endurance and stuff like that so it's, yep. it's a really cool yep. uh, thing to think about and I'm pretty sure in the future it will come um when you get at horses they they do it constantly like the the professional Mm -hmm. with horses they do it a lot Mm -hmm. um the only thing like it's it's easier to monitor the heartbeat with a horse instead of with a dog that's a bit yeah the difference and that's what making it more difficult with dogs yeah i have yeah i've looked at it quite a lot in horses and um uh, there was a, a one um, one bike draw uh, competitor. I'm not sure if he's in Belgium or, or Poland, um, but he was he used a um, a Polar H10. It was a human a human one, but but I don't know how he I don't know how he's attached it. Um, 
to the harness on the dog. So, um, you know, I was, I was trying to uh, have a look at some of the videos and um, I, I haven't reached out yet to us ask, but um, yeah, the, the Polar H10 uh, model he was using, but, and it was going direct to his uh, mobile phone on an iPhone, I think yeah. it was. So, mm -hmm. um, but once again, uh, unclear on how accurate it is but in the next five years i would love to see it, it develop and, and and having conversations with you right now about that you know um you know well, people people are not talking about it at the moment you know so <laughs> oh no yeah well, yeah. we we, we, yeah. we started trying it like mm -hmm. i think like two years or, or already awesome. um, and we also used the the poor um the polar one um, mm -hmm. but it's yeah. a little bit like you say it's it's not 100 accurate like mm -hmm. I did. I did. Yeah, kind of tried to build something to put on uh, on the dock in the harness and stuff like that. And the problem was like sometimes it, it worked perfectly, and then the, the next moment it lost contact. So it's not. Yep. It's not 100 accurate, and and that's the hardest thing is like how can you build something that you say like okay this is what you put on the dock and that's gonna work 100 because if it's not 100, it's not really useful. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm pretty sure if, if we could find something like that, we, we would for sure use it in, in the dog runner treadmills, mm. exactly like you say. So you can kind of follow it on, on your mobile phone and you can make programs around it and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I think it's the future and it will come in the future. The only thing is like finding the right tools to mm -hmm. make it work on, on, on the dog as it should work. And, and that's the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. There's no doubt about it, you know, um, and uh, I can't wait for that that technology to, to be 100% and then we can really go that next level um, in regards yeah. to, to uh, the conditioning of the dogs for sure. Um, so I wanted to uh, just touch on, like, I know that you've got a variety of different uh, people using them, obviously your treadmills, uh, the dog runner. So everything from, uh, I've seen bike jaw competitors right through to obviously IGP, um, you know, show competitors competitors can you give us a, a bit of a you know a bit of a scope you know besides that is there anything um you know anything unusual or that you would you would have thought that um someone said hey you know i'm using the the for this particular activity <laughs> you know uh, uh, yeah well basically the most funny part and but then again that, that has nothing to do with the dogs is that mm -hmm. um several people with with um mini horses used <laughs> Uh, one of the, the dog runner treadmills which mm -hmm. was probably very cool to watch um, yeah. but yeah when, when, when we go back to the dogs I, I think uh, it's like you say we have people who are doing all kind of sports um, from yeah IGP obedience sledge dogs um, to just normal people who have pets and say like okay i I'm not so mobile myself, so it's hard for me to take my dog for a long walk. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I want to get a, the dog on a treadmill and make sure that my dog get the exercise every day he needs. And, mm -hmm. and beside that, they will still go out with the dog because that's one of the things that sometimes we hear people say like, oh, like a, a treadmill is for lazy people or whatever they want to call it. <laughs> um, and then we always say like look it, it doesn't replace your daily walk with your dog like you should still take your dog out the dog needs social contact it needs to be exposed to all the things outside um so that's for sure not the meaning of a treadmill but it can help your dog um yeah. so yeah. it goes from sport people to veterinaries to um yeah. the, 
Yeah, average, um, yeah, average person. At yeah, home, average yeah. people. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. or yeah. even, yeah, it goes like all. Yeah, yeah. I did see the I did see the video actually of the the mini horse that on the uh, on the dog. Oh, yeah. uh, on that was on I think it was on Facebook. I seen that. That was it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it was just a, a bit of a coincidence that uh, I reached out to you and um, my uh, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Erica Bowling from uh, in, from the US, had uh, recently um, purchased one uh, of your treadmills as well. And I, I messaged her and I said, just a coincidence that you agreed to come on the podcast and that she had just got her first dog runner. Um, over there and i know that she's super excited about um you know the the, uh, the possibilities uh, that she can do with it everything obviously from gate you know right through from gate analysis to uh um you know to, to conditioning her dogs on that so that was a bit of a coincidence actually yeah mm -hmm. um and yeah, i know it's, it's um yeah also for us like really cool to see that so such professional people are also getting into the dog runners and mm -hmm um so no we're super excited about yeah. those kind of people yeah absolutely yeah. um and i know um obviously you know you've got a different uh, a few different models of, of dog runner um but you've 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 sort of branched out into the aqua space <clears throat> yeah uh, can you tell us a little bit about that um for sure this is like a little bit like a different game <laughs> yep um but it's it's for us it, it, it was also a bit something that we wanted to do on on top of the ones we had before yeah um <clears throat> and right I, I i think it has so many more stuff you can do of course there's nothing better when you have a dog who needs revalidation after an injury that the best way to do it is on a is in, in, in the water, on the water treadmill. Mm -hmm. um, what makes it super interesting now when, when the veterinaries around here, they are so excited that, that people start to use it more and more because now they feel like before they did an, um, a um, surgery, the dogs would go home, but the people didn't do anything after the surgery. So finally, the, the people would go back to the veterinary and say like, yeah, my dog is still limping. And so the surgery was not successful and then yeah, basically the veterinarians were saying like, yeah, look, the, the surgery was successful, but the revalidation was not successful. Yep. Um, so and, and that way, that's the best way to do it. Um, but on the other side, it's also super exciting um, and interesting when when you have people who wants to kind of lift the trainings for condition a little bit higher, because yep. when you put your dog on the, on, the water, on the water treadmill, you can make it so much more intensive for the dog you're training so it's um it has both sides and i think what we kind of aimed for with our treadmill was um i had some some parts that i thought they were really uh, important for the on the water treadmill so for me what is really important is for example to have like two doors so the dog can kind of step into the treadmill and walk out in a straight line movement instead of like with most of the treadmills, the dog has to walk in and then turn around in the treadmill, um, which is, I think, not so interesting. For example, when you have a dog who had a surgery on the hips or the back. Um, beside that, what, what I kind of thought was really interesting was to make sure that it's really easy for a person to walk with the dog into the treadmill and stay there and help the dog and kind of 
yeah, support the dog or kind of manipulate some of his movements. Um, so we kind of did go for a treadmill, which is really good in size and, and has like two wide strips inside for a person to walk on. Um, and beside that, the, the treadmill we kind of have is like the top speed is 12 kilometers an hour, which is like pretty fast because with most of the treadmills, it's only like five or six. Um, and then again, that makes it really interesting for people who wants to use it for yeah, more intensive condition or sport training. So I think also with the treadmill we have, you can reach out to a bigger group of people. Um, so not only for the veterinaries, but it's like a bigger group of people who can use it or will be interested in it. Um, so it was a bit of um, yeah, kind of fun to work it out, but we're really happy with where we're standing now with it and how it's going. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see, and uh, I've really been, uh, you know, obviously keeping an eye on them. Um, you know, here in Australia, we are probably, um, you know, a little bit uh, hard to get a um, obviously an, a, an underwater treadmill, um, or you know, they're <coughs> excuse me, uh, they're you know they're not uh, accessible to uh, you know many cities, or you know some of them. If you're in the larger cities, you know they are, but. Uh, a little bit hard to get hold of sometimes. Uh, so yep. yeah, really, really looking forward to uh, obviously seeing how you guys uh, go with that. I believe that uh, a friend of mine was saying that in the UK, um, you know, they're very, uh, you know, they're, they're quite common, um, but yeah, I'd love to see them uh, venture out here uh, to Australia and be a little bit more common. I think it, it, it will come more and more in many countries. It's it's Belgium was a little bit the same before, and we had some on, on, on the water treadmills, but they were not so common. But now it's it's really growing, which is like only positive because people really realize um, how important it is to use them after a surgery or even for their trainings. Um, so more and more people are or more and more veterinaries like or professional people start to use them um so it's growing and i think it, it, it finally it will go that way in the whole world like more and more people will kind of yeah get more into it and use it more so yeah. i'm sure and i hope it will be as well more and more in australia over there mm. For sure. So um, there's super exciting times then in the next, you know, three to five years um, for you, but also I believe in the, you know, in the canine conditioning and fitness world for sure. Um, so it, what, what I was just thinking, um, you, you know, you've branched out now, obviously, um, around the world. Can you tell us a little bit of where, where you have dealers around the world now? I think at the moment we have about 25 dealers i think worldwide um for example we have in australia we have uh, pro k9 supplies is our agent and dealer at the moment in australia um then we have like dog runner usa which is k9 maximum services um in in the states um and then beside that we have like yeah probably Europe and far outside Europe. Um, just to give you a few uh, parts was probably like Holland, France, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Sweden, Denmark, Norway. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of super cool that to see how, how many deals we got worldwide by on, on the time we, we start from time, from the moment we started doing this. Um, so it's, it's really growing and it's uh, for us super exciting uh, to see. Yeah, no, look, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, 
um, I was just thinking that, uh, you know, obviously in the next little while, I've just, as I mentioned, I, I got myself a, a slap meal, but I'll have to get my hands on one. Um, I, I think you mentioned the next uh, the next shipment of Australia, uh, due to Australia, in Australia towards the uh, middle of the year, I think you said? Uh, they are probably on their way soon now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they should should arrive, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think in, in, in a kind of a short yeah. short while, they should arrive in Australia, the new models. and. Yeah. They are really, really cool models. Mm -hmm. um, they are so yeah. They have the the remote control on them. Um, what what is really cool and, and fun to to work with? Um, I think it's 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 a huge difference for me to have the remote control on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. uh, so they yeah, and they should arrive pretty soon um, in Australia. Yeah, no, exciting. Look, mate. Um, look, we we'll, we might sort of wrap it up towards you know um, very soon if that's okay. But have you got any other thoughts or tips or uh, you know uh, around um, you know I suppose the the canine conditioning and uh, where you think obviously we're both excited about the next three to five years. But any um, any sort of uh, final sort of uh, thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, that's a difficult question. <laughs> Uh, I, I think mostly I just hope that um, more and more people realize the importance of it. And um, I just hope more and more people will, will start training their dogs better or condition their dogs better. Um, so it, it will only prevent the dogs from injuries um, in the end, which is for me probably the most important part um, about using the treadmills or fitness conditioning. Um, so I just hope people start to more and more realize how important the fitness programs are for the dogs and not like how we used to think and think like, okay, I have a dog and just take it out, train, and that's about it. Um, so I think that will be my most important part to say. Yeah. And look, you know, the other thing I'd like to add as well is that the treadmills are not just for, you know, elite athletes, you know, uh, in the, in the canine space with, with statistics getting up around 60% of, you know, dogs, um, that are obese or overweight, you know, we yeah. need, we need to get them moving. And, uh, if you, you know, if you're, you're a pet dog owner, um, and you feel, um, that you need to get your dog moving, but like you said, um, you know, super, super easy, simple strategy at home, um, is to look at a, a treadmill. Yeah, it, it surely is. It's, it's, it, I think it's so important for the dogs, even like, um, dog behavior specialists, they use the, the treadmill as well for dogs who are like showing some problems in behavior. Yeah. So it only shows that it, it will help dogs in so many ways. And, and it goes from behavior. Like if you have a dog who is not behaving well, or you feel like, oh, it's just too difficult or he can't get rid of his energy during the day. Mm -hmm. um, you help those dogs and it's an, kind of an easy and a nice way to do it on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. Beside that, it's exactly like, a, like the dogs who, who should take care more, more uh, of their weight. Like people should feel like, yeah, I get myself a treadmill so I can make sure that the dog is getting the right uh, training and, and exercise and movement in a day. Um, and then of course you have all the people in, in, in whatever kind of sport they do. It, it can go from IGP to obedience to sledge, bike curing, mm -hmm. um, show dogs. Um, there's so much you can do on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I just hope people realize more and more how much it can help their dog, um, mm -hmm. which, in, which is in the end, the most important thing is that 
we just have to take good care of our dogs and and that's the most important part for me is like the dog should feel good about it and get their right exercise mm-hmm. in the end of the day for sure and um, i i was going to say you know and you probably feel pretty strongly about this as well not a fucking human treadmill that's too short <laughs> you know it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh yeah it's there there are a few reasons um it, it is most of the times it is pretty short for a dog that's one um the other the other part is that i can guarantee you that when you use a human treadmill for your dogs the human treadmill will, will break down after a certain while 100 percent sure it's yep. only because the human treadmills um the setup of the, the human treadmills are different that's mm-hmm. one part but also with human treadmills the the motors are not protected so all the dust and all the hair and all the dirt will get into your motor and your motor will kind of finally break down mm-hmm. so that's the biggest reason why there is a difference in treadmills for human and treadmill for dogs um, so no it's not a good um not a good way to feel like i will just get myself like a human treadmill and i, I will use it for sure you can but in the end, it, it is only going to cost you more because it will break down anyway. Um, yeah. So, and for sure, really important is that a treadmill is is in length long enough for your dog to feel comfortable about it, and not like on a short treadmill um, because that's not going to help your dog either. Mm, for sure. No. Alrighty. So, uh, so Nick, thank you very much um, once again for for coming on and having a bit of a chat. If uh, people wanted to reach out, where we reach out to you, or uh, um, I know that you mentioned some of your, you know, some of your dealers, but uh, um, whereabouts would they go? Social media wise or website? Yeah, they can go on Facebook um, and and search for the Dog Runner page um, or Instagram, or they can go to our website, which is like. Uh, just dogrunner.eu um, or they can contact me just on, on my name and email me or um, through the website um, so there are many ways to find us and we'll always do our best to help everybody as good as we can and get in contact with them as good as we can um, mm-hmm. help them out even after they so many times we stay in contact with clients who did buy a treadmill and they will still contact me after and ask me like how can i do this or what should i do better or whatever um which is like in the end for 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 me this is more like like a passion and it's something i like to do so it's not that i feel like it's business it's it's more like like a passion um so it's kind of cool when people contact me after and and just yeah even when they just send a picture or a video or let us know how it's going Mm -hmm. um so it's yeah so they, they there are many ways to contact Sure. Me, um and yeah i awesome. can only say that we always do our best to kind of do the best for for our people yeah awesome so once again you know i i really appreciate you uh spending the time and uh giving uh me you know and my listeners a little bit more um you know advice and also uh, a little bit more background on uh, the dog runner mill and also treadmill and yourself as well so thank you very much i really appreciate it you're spending the time Okay, you're welcome, and thanks again for inviting. It was a nice chat. Not a problem. So, guys, if you if you liked uh, this episode with Nick, uh, please feel free to like the page, subscribe to the uh, the podcast, and share it with your friends. For that's it for today. Thank you. Mm-hmm.